Green Side, the IGA podcast. Also, Mike McCoy, the 2013 USA. Johnson, now a two-time major champion after becoming the winner of the 144th Open Championship. All right, welcome to Greenside, the IGA podcast here with uh, Executive Director Chad Pitts and, and newly minted Director of Competitions, Ben Larson. Uh, ben, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate uh, everything. Glad to be here again. Ben, as you, as some of you may or may not know, uh, just joined the IGA on uh, January 1st uh, as we turn the new year. Uh, ben, you came to us from, from the South Dakota Golf Association. Why don't you just give a little give a little background of, uh, of yourself. Yeah, I did. Uh, most recently I was the director of competitions for the South Dakota golf association. Um, I guess seven seasons. So, uh, I originally from Iowa, Webster city. So happy to uh, be back in my home state and looking forward to the great season we have coming up. I was going to say you're originally from, from Webster city. Uh, how did, how did you get, how did you get up to South Dakota? And maybe if you want to kind of mention, Maybe some of your uh, previous uh, experiences. Yeah, sure. yeah, again, I'm from Webster City. Went to Iowa Central Community College and Iowa State. Um, been a PGA member since 2005. Started out uh, in, the, in the South Carolina as an assistant and then worked my way to a head professional job in Alabama for the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail. Um, after that, I took a job with the NGA Professional Golf Tour. It's formerly the uh, Hooters Pro Golf Tour. I worked for seven, six or seven seasons as a rules official and a tournament director for our winter series in Orlando and also in Myrtle Beach area one, one winter. And after that, uh, brought me to South Dakota and here I am today. Hey, Ben, uh, tell a little bit about, because we, we talked about this obviously when, you know, uh, we've known each other for a while now and, and then throughout the interview process and stuff. Um, about you know your experiences working at that time called the the Hooters Professional Tour. Um, talk a little bit about what you did there. Uh, you know what your role was because it was it was strictly tournament setup and rules and things like that, right? Correct. Yeah, we would. Um, in the, I guess the Pro Series, as it was called, have anywhere from twenty four to twenty six events, mostly in the Southeast um, and some you know, Texas a few times, but. Uh, primarily, we would go in, set up uh, on Monday, kind of it's, if you think about it in baseball terms, it's kind of like double-A baseball. Um, a lot of really great players have come from that tour. Um, you know, most notably, you know, Keegan Bradley, major champion, was out there when I was there. Robert Streb, who recently won, guys like that. Uh, the list goes on and on. But, yeah, we would basically set up the golf course, do the course marking um, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I had a program on Wednesdays. And the event was structured just like the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour now um, with four days of competition. And um, basically, you know, the kind of cut after 36 holes. And I guess throughout the week, we would do, along with the course marking, things like I, I was in charge of, you know, pro-am basically monitoring, the, making sure the players are the, where they're supposed to be, uh, at what time they're supposed to be at there. And um uh, <laughs> Stuff like that. And then uh, basically we, you know, it's kind of like a traveling circus more or less. I mean, on Sunday, Sunday afternoons, we'd break down all the sponsor banners and things that we'd put up and throw it all into the, we had a big 18 wheel truck and uh, 
a couple vans and we would just head to the next location. Hopefully it wasn't too far away. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, and you, I was going to ask you who some of the more famous people that, uh, you know, that would have been playing at the time you were there that all of us would now know. So uh, yeah, you mentioned that with Keegan and, and Robert, certainly. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, just Zach Johnson by a couple of years. Um, he had already moved on to his great career. So missed him by a few years, but he was, he was kind of a legend out uh, to the guys uh, that were working when he was playing. So I think they call him back to back to back Zach or something. He won three in a row. But, uh, the, the legends are, the stories are still out there on the, with the Hooters tour guys. So, Ben, what, uh, what were some of your favorite stops on that tour, I guess? Yeah. I mean, uh, we had a couple different ones that kind of stand out. Um, this little town just, near Augusta, Georgia. It's actually in McCormick, South Carolina, but it was kind of a fun stop every year. We, um, sometimes we would, you know, most times we stayed in hotels, but in this particular event, we'd all basically in private housing with the tournament coordinator more or less. And so it's kind of fun to, you know, the community really gets involved in those events in their event and, you know, just right on the lake there. So we kind of, you know, maybe had a little too much fun sometimes, but it was, it was always a fun stop, you know, <laughs> Um, again, staying right there, just the community support, and they always had a pretty good gallery out there, which is good for the players. And, you know, it was always kind of a good time of year. That was usually in May. But I also liked, you know, Houston, Pearland, Texas area. Always had a really good event, other than we had to play it in July, which I don't know if you've been to Texas <laughs> in July or not, but it's it's a, it's about as hot as you'd think it is. So <laughs> those are a couple that kind of stand out. It, but there's a lot of great stops at the – tour would make every year and you kind of get to know the people and so it makes it a lot more fun to go back every year you know the 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 hooters tour itself as it's i think a lot of people kind of think of it as or know it as uh certainly produced you know tons of really really good golfers and and i guess uh the question i had was you know it's it's probably a close-knit group right as you're traveling from event to event it's the same players every week it's the same officials every week so i imagine you got to to know some of those guys really, really well. Um, you guys probably hung out, you know, before and after events, I would expect, or before and after rounds, I would expect uh, quite often. And and uh, I imagine you made some pretty good friends out there. Yeah, absolutely. No no doubt about that. Um, you know, there's there's guys that I can mention that, you know, name drop, if you will, you know, that, that have went on to very successful careers. And some of them are kind of just getting started and some are – some are, you know, selling insurance or whatever, but, uh, you know, there are yeah. a lot of great friendships to be made out there. Um, another kind of Iowan that was a good friend of mine now, Jack Newman from Moyna. He was yeah. trying to play professionally at that time when I was there. He may still be, I don't know, but a lot of good, uh, again, good, good guys out there. Like I said, you kind of, it's just like the tour, but everybody's in more or less not flying to events or driving, you know, the eight hours and things. So yeah. you really kind of get to know guys and, you know, and there's a lot of good stories about, you know, just, you know, these big time guys now that would travel together and, you know, four or five of them to a room. And yeah, it's just, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stories to be told for sure about, about mini tour developmental tour golf. So then moving, I think backwards in your career before we, we go forward to the South Dakota Golf Association, um, you you mentioned it. You were an assistant pro uh, at a club in South Carolina, and then you ended up as a head pro uh, at a club on the Robert Trent Jones Trail. Maybe I'm just curious about those, you know, the, the facilities you worked at um, when you were 
you know, quote unquote, the, the PGA professional behind the counter, so to speak. And, you know, what those were like, what, you know, what t- kind of golf course are they, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in South Carolina, worked in, worked in Greenville, South Carolina, um, which is kind of in the upstate, the north, I guess, northwest corner. Um, and of course, it was then called Verde Greens. Um, they had hosted a, I guess it was a Nike tour, and then it was Buy.com, you know, as a progression to to what's now called the Corn Ferry. So um, that was fun to be around that course. Um, just a little bit hilly, but kind of more of a, it was a resort course, had an embassy suites right on site. I was an assistant pro. I worked uh, for a really great guy uh, named Alan Harris, was a head, head professional. And um, Alan took a different job. And so I started looking and and ended up uh, heading to the the Robert Chin Jones Golf Trail in Dothan, Alabama, which is southeast corner of the state. Um, took a job, as I said, as head golf professional and I was there for quite a while. And that's when kind of the um, the Hooters tour would always have a stop there. So I kind of got to know the the officials and they were the same about every year and got to know their operation and really kind of sparked my interest in tournament golf more or less than, you know, than, than the merchandising and, and teaching and things like that that come with being a professional. But this, it worked out uh, to where one of their officials was, was, I guess, semi-retiring. He was pretty young, but moving on to a different career. And so I threw my name in the hat and it, and it worked out. So, so had you already become interested in learning the rules of golf or, 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 uh, kind of what, you know, what got you started in the, in the, you said obviously that you guys hosted the event at that course and that's kind of how you got tuned into the Hooters guys. But, uh, is, I'm just curious where the interest in the rules kind of came along, if that's what sparked it or if there was something else. Yeah, I think just watching, um, you know, between watching the, the Hooters tour officials and, just being around it, we had several other, you know, smaller tours and, and the Trent Jones trail had a junior tour that I was able to be a part of. So it kind of, I guess that kind of sparked, you know, just being around tournaments in general. And um, so again, between working some junior tour events for the trail and then, um, and watching the Hooters guys, the, the, the officials out there, I think it really kind of, it just looked like something that, that I wanted, you know, wanted to get more involved in. Um, started helping out with some section stuff in Alabama and the golf, golf states chapters and stuff like that. So it just kind of snowballed, I guess. And, you know, to quote a friend of mine, he said, well, congratulations, you know, you, you uh, specialize in something people hate, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, so I guess you, it's a niche market, I suppose, you know, you know everybody needs officials. So. <laughs> That's a good line. I like that. I like that. Too. That's actually that's actually from an Iowa one too. I might add, but Mike Dumpy <laughs> told me that. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, ben, do you have any kind of stories you you, you remember from those early rules days? Any any uh, experiences or or things that happened that you look back now and just kind of laugh about? Oh, I mean, yeah. There's a few, you know, and yeah. I guess it, <laughs> whenever I I was asked that it's other times, and it's just. You know, it's hard to if you're not a rules official or know the know the rules very well. It's kind of hard to you, you tell a story and people are like, "Well, what was so interesting about that?" You know, it's like, "Well, well, I remember a couple times. I mean, you know, we'd always the you know the clouds would seem to follow the Hooters store around for sure, and mm-hmm. get rained out quite often, and just some of the things. You know, 
I don't know, there's people sliding down hillsides and things like that <laughs> just on purpose, you know, and stuff. And I don't know. I remember a real situation once where in actually in Miami, Oklahoma, that kind of sticks out. The first hole is a downhill par. Well, that's par five for the members. We put it as a par four, but um, and there's a big tree kind of on the left hand side, and it was really really wet there. And um, anyway, this player had hit the ball, and it had it had you know skipped across somehow through the mud, and it actually ended up sticking to the tree. So. The ball <laughs> hanging there. I actually, you know, it's one of those rulings where you, you know, the player doesn't know what, I mean, doesn't want to know what to do. They just want. To, so anyway, you, those are always the best rulings where you walk up with your, with your phone out because you want to take a picture of it. The player probably doesn't appreciate that too much. But anyway, stuff so, like that always happens. Seems like. So the ball, the ball had traveled like through the mud, <laughs> and and with the amount of mud on it, it attached itself. Up Correct. on the trunk of the tree, like how 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 far uh, up up on the from probably, the ground was this thing? It was about you know probably five feet up. I mean, it was clearly like you know like yeah. head high for you know. So <laughs> did he pretty, uh, did he declare it unplayable or did he try to make a stroke at it? I if I remember right, because I was trying to see remember how it all played out, but I think I mean I gave him his options basically. You know, hit it or take is yeah. unplayable and i think he just took maybe a, the back of a putter and just hit it out into back into the fairway and anyway it's uh <laughs> never seen a ball do that i mean it just picked up enough mud and and i guess what you know i i kind of jokingly after he hit i said well you know i'll give you a hundred bucks to go back and do that again you know it's like, right right <laughs> you never see that again <laughs> so ben um South Dakota Golf Association, you, you, you know, you did your time as a PGA club professional at a course, you moved on to being a rules official and tournament official with the uh, Hooters uh, professional tour. Uh, then you ended up at the South Dakota Golf Association for the last seven years, where, like you said, you're director of competitions, kind of just talk about, you know, the South Dakota Golf Association, kind of what that meant, you know, for you up there. I know, I know in, in some ways you're, you're a sometimes a really small crew trying to trying to get things done and how you guys operated when i took that job i mean it was kind of it was kind of perfect timing because I, I was kind of ready to get closer to you know family back in iowa so it was an opportunity to do that um when i was hired i was i was the second employee in the office so um the first being our executive director wade mary was his name at the time um and like i said he kind of you know just more or less gave me the keys to the castle more and uh, allowed me to kind of use my experience and try to make our events better up there. And um, hopefully I did a good job for him, but I mean, it was, it was sometimes, you know, pretty challenging. Just um, like you said, just, you know, you, you rely heavily on a lot of volunteer support, you know, starting and sometimes scoring and, you know, intern staff have to have to be trained maybe a little bit more aggressively in the short seasons as we all deal with, I guess, but, um, but no, it's, we ran a lot of championships and a, and a pretty large junior tour. So, you know, it's just one of those, I, I tell the, the interns on their first day, you know, whether it be May 15th, I said, you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be September 5th. And, and they never believe me until we get to the end. And then it's like, well, geez, you know, it's just, you, you, sure. you, uh, you never, never get a chance to look up usually, you know, so. Um, but it, it was a great experience and a lot of great, great players and, and good friends 
made along the way. So, so to you, what's, what's one of the biggest, you know, differences or things that maybe you didn't know that you learned once you start work, working at an amateur golf association compared to, you know, your prior work experience as really more toward the professional side of things? Yeah, I guess, you know, one thing that kind of stands out that you don't really think about when you're working on a pro golf tour is, is, you know, yardages and distances. Um, yeah, it's one thing that we would just, you know, show up with our tee markers on, on Monday morning and just, you know, where's the back tee, you know, and, and do a little, you know, start there. And, sure. yeah. and if, if the hole warranted it, obviously we'd move up or, and things, but you never really thought about how far it was. I mean, cause you're dealing with, you know, basically the, some of the best players in the world. I mean, that right. coming through there or potentially are going to be. And so you, you never thought about that and you never heard, you know, any kind of uh, feedback about this, you know, that, that hole's too hard, you know, <laughs> that you don't hear that on the pro tour. So that was a little bit of an adjustment um, just, you know, to learning what a good yardage is for a, you know, for a mid-end player or a senior player or a, you know, any kind of women's divisions, junior divisions. I mean, so it was a, it was a little bit eye-opening to me. I mean, I think I've got a pretty good handle on it now. And, um, but it, it, it's still pretty fun to, you know, at our, at the SDJ amateur and, and sometimes the match play, get a little, you know, um, do some adjustments for some tees and, and really challenge the players with, um, on certain spots. But that was definitely a, a different, uh, different animal there. Ben, um, some of our listeners might be curious about this. Uh, give me an idea of kind of the, the season in South Dakota. Is it similar to Iowa? Is it, is it not? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's pretty similar. Um, I think we're maybe in Iowa, we're going to be a couple weeks on both ends, you know, so we'd never, usually our first event um, was a U.S. Open qualifier, which we had to run, you know, in that, in that time frame. It usually was the first week in May. Um, you know, knock on wood in my time, I guess, uh, it was never snowed out, <laughs> even though it, there was an opportunity a few times to, it was close, but, um, so we pretty much did that. And then, but primarily start in June, um, usually the mid amateur up there starts in June, similar to here, but maybe two, three weeks ahead. Okay. And then, uh, on the back end where we were pretty much done with everything by, you know, the week after Labor Day was a questionable event, you know, and anything in October up there is just a, just a no-go for the most part. I mean, with it, we might get some good days, but it's difficult to put something on the schedule and, and I guess be optimistic that it's not going to get snowed out at that time. So it's, you know, three and a half months of just kind of go, go, go. So. Someone told, someone told me once, and I think it's pretty true, no matter where you live really around this part of the country, I suppose, everybody drives three hours South to play golf. So here in Iowa, we get everyone from Minneapolis, you know, coming down to play and, and all, all of us go down to Kansas city and play and everybody in Kansas city goes down to, you know, Tulsa or something and plays. So yeah, everybody just, everybody just transplants themselves three hours South, you know, when, when the season's kicking off, you know, (laughs) exactly. I was curious, kind of, you know, following up on Clint's question, um, for anybody who is listening who might, you know, be interested in, you know, checking out South Dakota as a golf state, um, what are some courses, you know, that 
that you would recommend or is there a, a, a trip like if you're taking a family vacation out to the Black Hills or something and there's some places you're like, yeah, if, you know, you maybe have never heard of this place, but go check it out. It's a really cool golf course. Yeah, definitely. There's, um, you know, South Dakota's it's somewhat unique in that, you know, Sioux Falls is the biggest city and then Rapid City, and that's on the east, very east side. And then Rapid City is the second largest city and it's five and a half hours west, you know, so there's not in, there's not just a whole lot between in terms of population, but there's a lot of good golf to be played. Um, you know, the, I live in the, our office was in the Sioux Falls area. So I was primarily there. Um, a lot of really good country, you know, a couple of nice country clubs, uh, one of which hosts a champions tour event uh, for the past few years. Um, and the club, you know, the club right down the hill that hosted a USGA. Um, I can't remember, maybe the junior or something many years ago. And, Anyway, there, but there's a lot of good public golf up there. Um, there's a couple different kind of management companies in the Sioux Falls area that that uh, that really put a lot of money into the golf courses, the conditions, and the clubhouse and experience. And so, um, certainly a lot of uh, you know, there's a Willow Run right there, and um, kind of right next to Larchwood, six miles down the road, five miles down the road. So that's one I'd recommend in Sioux Falls. But if you get out to Rapid City, there's it's just like a different it's a different view. It's a different, you know, <laughs> there's actual hills and things. Right. <laughs> um, you know, once you get out in the Black Hills, I mean, uh, my probably one of my favorite clubs is the golf club at Red Rock, which is, um, it's just, it's semi-private, it's public basically. So you can, you can get out okay. and play it. Um, a lot of great, uh, great holes. And like I said, just kind of views that you just don't get, uh, whether you're in you know central Iowa or, Eastern South Dakota, you just don't get a lot of those, but there's a lot of really nice, uh, you know, kind of gems up in the hills. They call them like Tomahawk golf clubs, a uh, little nine holer, but it's, it's everything you want. And so definitely recommend trips there. It's a, it's a nice, uh, people up there love their golf when they get a chance to play. So. I think, um, a state like South Dakota and you, you mentioned a couple names that like it lends itself to really cool names for golf courses, like Tomahawk golf club. Like that's a, that's a pretty sweet name for a club, definitely. you know, probably <laughs> produces a really good logo on a shirt type of thing. Yep. <laughs> definitely. Definitely does. And yeah, Tom, a very, a lot of native culture up there, which is great. Um, you get a lot of players from, the, um, you know, up in Aberdeen, there's a moccasin Creek. I mean, it's very, you know, they're very, like I said, a lot of, uh, a lot of names around the, the region like that. So, Clint, we should dig up. Do you remember um, – so Bill Sheehan is a name that was inducted into the Iowa Golf Hall of Fame uh, a year or two ago, I think. Yeah. He, yep. he won – he won the um, – the Des Moines city multiple years in the, in the Iowa amateur multiple times, you know, back when those were probably like the only two tournaments to play in, but he also won a South Dakota AM and there, it was a funny story. I have to go dig it up. Maybe um, there's, it's a funny story about how this guy lived out, you know, central or West South Dakota and came East to play in their golf tournament and uh, they had no idea who he was. Like he would practice basically on like a dirt, a dirt <laughs> golf course, you know, cause there wasn't really anything back then where he was at and, uh, and showed up. Like I said, nobody knew who he was. He won like the South Dakota amateur in like 1920 or 22 or something like that. Yeah. He, uh, I just looked it up real quick. 22, 26 South Dakota amateur champion. And then won the black Hills open in 1924 
while not even having a golf course in his hometown. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. And just recently, there was a kid, uh, Lance Christensen, his name, he uh, lived on one of the reservations and had won the high school state. That was quite the story and was invited to Pinehurst, I think, to play. And it's the same situation. He's, you know, he's a super nice kid and he's just been able to, you know, kind of teach the game. He has to drive, you know, I think they said 30 minutes to practice. And then, so in order to, you know, help out the club you know, with his costs or whatever, mm -hmm. he gives lessons to the juniors and things. He's just a pretty uh, stand up kid, but yeah, same, similar situation. So that's awesome. So um, Ben, I'm curious, cause uh, we have one of the first events that you'll partake in and your new, you know, endeavor as the Iowa golf association director of competitions is our uh, men's IGA four ball championship up at the falls in Larchwood. You guys, when you were at South Dakota golf association actually ran a few event events at that course, because that's, I mean, let's face it. That's basically where it is is South Dakota. I mean, it's as close as you can get uh, while still remaining in Iowa. So uh, we got, we got some travel on our hands certainly to, for that event uh, for all of us. But uh, just talk a little bit about um, that course and, and maybe kind of tell some of the guys why they should make the trip up there this spring. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's just a phenomenal – it's kind of like you said, like a hidden gem more or less. Um, and we did we, – we played – I don't know, we played our husband-wife there a few years ago, or wife-husband. Um, had a, a couple USGA qualifiers there just to kind of – you know, it's – I wouldn't say it's it, – it's not a busy golf course, but it's – uh, it's a busy casino. How about that? And, uh, but it's a Reese Jones design. It's, it's just a beautiful golf course kind of, um, you know, they refer to it kind of like the field of dreams, if you will. I mean, to where everything around you is just cornfields and here's this, you know, this, this, they've got a nice ponds all over the place and it's hard to believe it was, you know, a field like five years ago. So no, I definitely recommend it. It's always just in, in immaculate condition. So um, always worth the trip and um, you know, the wind can blow, but it's, we're in, we're in Iowa. So it's, we should be used to that. Right. So you're not ready to predict a winning score yet. You <laughs> wait to see the forecast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might be yeah, it, it can change pretty quick out there. And there are some, <laughs> there are some areas where you're a little bit more exposed, but you know, those could also yeah. turn into drivable far fours. So it's worth it for a, for a four ball, I think. So <laughs> when me and Chad went up there, uh, you know, I, I think we both talked about like how rules friendly that course is, or at least looks. Would you, would you agree with that, Ben? Absolutely. It, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of right in front of you. They, it, you know, it's the, the out of bounds is clearly marked by a fence. I mean, uh, pretty much just throughout the perimeter of the, of the golf course and the, and the ponds that are out there, are, um, well-maintained and, and as far as, uh, you know, long grass and things is usually mowed down quite well. And um, there's a nice, there's a, well, they call it the falls is the name of the golf course, but you know, they created this waterfall on the 18th hole. It's uh, just a little par three kind of unassuming, but it falls off uh, pretty, pretty quick there on that left side. So it's definitely a, just a great little golf course. And again, encourage everybody to come up and give it a try. And like you said, usually in immaculate shape. So probably very little ground under repair to Mark, I would assume. Correct. Yeah. I, I don't think I've used a whole lot of white in anything we've been out there. So it's a good thing. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, maybe steering back a little bit to your personal um, 
you know, personal life or golf experience, if you will. So uh, did you play uh, golf at Iowa Central in Fort Dodge then on the golf did, team there? Yeah, yeah. I played, um, played two, two years um, at Iowa Central. It was, I don't know if we were the third class, <laughs> you know, to, to have golf available, but okay. uh, a new, new program and everything. I played, played basically two years there. And then uh, when I went to Iowa State, I just – I don't know. I wasn't quite ready, you know, um, wasn't ready to compete at that level for sure. So, um, just kind of met up with a few other, you know, some high school friends that had played basketball at other junior colleges and things. And so we, we focused on other things than, than athletics. <laughs> <laughs> we like a, like academics, also. right? Academics. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> we were big uh, fans of the school. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> ben, do, do you do you try and still play quite a bit, or kind of just hit and miss, or what's what's your game like these days? Pretty hit. Yeah, what are the strengths and weaknesses? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's there's plenty of opportunity and probably threat to houses when I'm out there. No, um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, it, you know, again, just as busy as we've we I was you know in previous years and and we all are but it just kind of it, it I probably haven't played uh, you know ten rounds in the last you know year and a half or so but I, I still enjoy playing and that's kind of you know some sometimes I think professionals might get you know that maybe work in the pro shop primarily and I was the, I was that professional for sure that golf just seemed like wasn't any fun for a time and. And then it's when I started doing more with tournaments and administration of events, it kind of became more fun again. But then, you know, then, then all my time's gone. So now, so it's, it's yeah. a difficult trade, but um, I still, I still love to play. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, again, it's not the opportunities. It's more just the, the, you know, get up and go and do it, but it'll be nice, you know, it, being back in Iowa. I mean, I, uh, some, you know, some buddies that play pretty regularly that I'm sure will, will hopefully uh, change my habits a little bit with that. So. Yeah, it was, um, that was a question I was going to have you was, have for you was, uh, would you say you play, play more golf since you worked at the amateur golf association or did you play more golf when you were a PGA? Uh, I mean, you're, you're still a PGA pro, but when you worked at a club as a PGA pro? Um, I say, I'd say definitely more when I'm, since I've been working the amateur side, um, yeah. you know, again, it, it's as a professional, I mean, and a lot of them will attest to this. It is part of your job, you know, to, in some cases to get out and play with a membership. So I probably, when I was with the Trent Jones trail, I might play twice a week and, you know, usually one, oh, was okay. just, a, just a little, you know, nine hole game that they had and, or 18 hole, it doesn't matter. But, um, and then usually I just get, asked to play by a member or somebody on a Sunday, on a slow Sunday morning. So I'd go out then or something, but, um, but as you know, it's, it's more planned now that I'm working in the amateur side. I mean, like I'll, you know, you know, book a tea time and, you know, things like that to where I'm not just, you know, grabbing my clubs out of the office and running to the court, running to the tee. So. Right. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's a longstanding goal, I think, of all of us in the office, other than maybe Clint, because he plays a ton of golf already. But uh, <laughs> all of us need to – well, I shouldn't even say that because Nate plays a lot too. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Nate plays a lot of tournament golf and, and does it very well. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe me and Caitlin and, and Ben, it sounds like, need to get out and play a little more than uh, in 2021. And, and Clint and Nate need to keep playing because I, right. I agree yeah. with you. It's something we need to do. It, it keeps you having fun, you know, in, in your job. Definitely. And yeah, it's, it, I, I think it's, you know, I, I didn't play much at, you know, at championships, obviously we're, we're busy, but you know, if I were to go out to a, you know, site visits in the spring and fall and things, I would I usually have my clubs with me. And, you know, as you get to know some of these pros and, and, you know, some of the amateurs that play our events, I mean, it became harder and harder to turn them down if they wanted to go play quick nine or something. So I like right. that. Ben, did you do much teaching when you were kind of on the PGA side of things? Um, I, I did, um, more so at, at, in Alabama. Um, you know, I started off teaching quite a bit and then the trail actually hired, um, I guess an on-site teaching instructor, which is fine. I mean, there's, there was plenty, you know, to go around for everybody, but I kind of, kind of less focus on that and more on like the merchandise um, aspects of things. And I had two assistants that were new to, you know, new to the PGA apprentice program and or associate program, whatever they call it now. But so I, I kind of, you know, yield the, some of the lessons to them just to help with their, I guess their income and, sure. you know, and experience and things. So to answer your question, I kind of, I kind of went from, from a decent level down to like, just like a core group of, of members or regular, um, regular guests to the golf course that I would more, you know, focus primarily on and, you know, sell a few packages around like Christmas and things to, uh, but again, it's just, uh, there's a, you know, down there where you can play year round. I mean, you get, there's really, you know, there's really not much of an off season. The days are just shorter and um, mm -hmm. you find that, uh, you know, just like this time of year where you, you, you drive to work in the, and it's dark and you drive home and it's dark. So it's not a lot of teaching uh, to be had. So. Yeah. I I was curious a little bit about the Robert Jones, uh, Trent Jones golf trail, just in general. I, I know a little bit about it, but I, maybe you can, you know, answer a few thoughts or questions that I had. How many courses are involved in that? Is it, were they all built for the purpose of creating this trail? Cause I was thinking maybe they were and, or, or how did that all come about as far as, you know, the history of that? And yeah. Um, I don't recall the year. Um, it was maybe the early nineties, but yeah. So the, um, the, it's, it's funded the, the trail. I think there's, there's, they're up to 10, 10 facilities, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I think eight of them were built at the same time. Um, like literally like the same months where they were all being created. So, and it's funded by the, it's called the retirement systems of Alabama, which, um, is basically like the teacher's retirement fund. So kind of like Ipers, I guess. Yeah, is, is very similar. I mean? yeah. 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 And, uh, and so they kind of, you know, I guess they voted to, you know, how to, how to increase this fund for them. So that they, you know, and at that time travel and tourism, you know, was ready to, ready to explode a little more. So yeah, they built all these golf courses um, throughout the state. Um, it's quite, it's a, well, it used to be a unique program. Not a lot of people are, you know, doing similar things, but you can buy, like, if you were, if you were an annual pass member is what they call them, you'd pay X amount of dollars 
which wasn't much, but then you actually could play any of the facilities for a cart fee if you rode um, throughout the state, or you could buy what they call the trail card and um, for residents, and it was maybe $35, and, and you paid $29 every time you played. So, I mean, it, um, but it's very unique, but it, um, the operation, how they did it, but like all the clubhouses are built almost identical. Um, there's, okay. a few, there's like two or three different varieties depending on the size of the course, but all the courses are, um, you know, 27 holes. Uh, all the original ones are 27 holes with a nine hole, what they call a short course or part three course. Um, <clears throat> but then there's also a couple that are, I think one's 54 holes in Capitol Hill and Pratt and Montgomery area. And then, so it, it was very interesting. I mean, and it was, you know, very, you know, I guess they try to be very consistent at everything. So, you know, all the, all the outside services staff wore this color shirt and, you know, and the pros did this. And so it was very uniform and easy to, you know, pick up a, a phone. And if you had a question, just call another pro and, cause we're all doing the same things, but it's, it was quite, uh, I definitely recommend it. There's so many great golf courses on that trail that, you know, Dothan, where I was at, was kind of off the beaten path. So we were more, I guess, uh, probably had the most pass holders that played regularly. They treated it more like a more like a country club, but it's uh, it's definitely worth the trip. And you know, they they have a lot, like a lot of lodging agreements and some hotels on site at some of them. So it makes for an easy trip for a lot of golfers. Yeah, and dumb question. I mean, I I assume all courses are designed by Robert Trent Jones or did his sons do any of them? Is that part of it or? Well, the, I guess the, the rumor is that they're, they're all based off of, off of his designs. So okay. whether he was physically there, probably not to, you know, move the dirt, but they're all based off of his concepts and his designs. Like all the bunkering is, 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 you know, pretty standard as to what he does everywhere, but cool. Clint, what do you, what else are you thinking here? Well, Ben, I was just going to say, I, I don't even remember which one it was, but I played one of the, the short courses on that trail on a, on a road trip one time, but I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, which one it was. I'll have to have to look it up. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, all of them, I guess have, you know, continuous cart pass. I mean, you could ride it, it you know, if you just wanted to play, play uh, nine holes and, you know, you could do it in 30 minutes probably. And, um, but yeah, they're all pretty, you know, obviously the bunkering is kind of sticks out again, but, but they're great for practicing. You can, you know, four, I think four sets of tees. So you could play from a variety of distances. And so, yeah, and fun, well, funny story. I've only had one hole in one in my, in my career. <clears throat> it actually came, excuse me, on the second hole of the short course in Dothan. And I was giving a lesson to a young uh, junior player actually. And, and I said, well, let's just go play a few holes. And I didn't even have my club. So we <laughs> eat it up from the white tee and I grabbed his eight iron and just jarred it. Didn't even. <laughs> I just said, and I think it's. His so do it like that. Said, yeah. I said, that's how you do that. You know, it's not that hard. <laughs> There's today's lesson and you yeah. just walk off. <laughs> yeah, any, any questions? <laughs> That'll be a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you do that? <laughs> I'll be in the men's grill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Can you prepay me for next? I get that. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh, Hey, I, I was going to throw some some kind of fun ones at you, I guess, a little bit that uh, that maybe we can, uh, you know, Iowa, you grew up in Webster City. I mean, you, you probably know all, I imagine, you know, all the Webster City guys, right? Like, there's a lot of them that play IGA stuff like, you know, Larry Ross until unfortunately passed away this year and, and his son Matt would play stuff from time to time. And then Chad Wood, Joe Hunter, you know, a lot of those guys, Josh Lubbers, I, you know, I imagine you ran around with some, some or all of those guys at certain times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, I, growing up in Webster City, I actually worked, um, Larry Ross owned a bar there, Seneca Street Saloon. And I worked for him since I was, you know, when I started with like in 16, it was a bar slash pizza place or whatever. So I worked for Larry for a while. I was a um, very good friend of mine. And, you know, unfortunately passed away and, you know, watched, I was around like his watching Matt grow up more or less. I mean, everybody calls him Spinner, which is kind of, not really sure where the nickname came from, but anyway, but uh, they're great people. And um, Larry's wife, Kay is, um, again, Chad Wood and, and Matt were, you know, best buds growing up. And so got to watch them kind of from when they were really young and same with Joe, I guess, actually. So, yeah, there's a lot of good, you know, good players around that area. I mean, hopefully I can, you know, get a few of them, a few more of them to play some of our championships and guilt them into it a little bit. But, <laughs> there you go. You know. <laughs> I got yeah, a funny a great place to grow up. I really like what you're yeah. saying, so. I got a funny story about Chad Wood. I was playing the Iowa Masters, and for, for you know, I don't know, for like a five-year stretch, it seemed like him and I got paired together, you know, fairly often. And, and so we got to know each other pretty well. And, and uh, it, was, it was the 18th green of the second round because I was going to miss the cut. It was, um, I was just playing not very good, you know, that day. And uh, I can't remember if I, you know, just – went brain dead for a second and four or five putted that green, you know, just played hockey a little bit on, you know, missing like two or three, like three footers right in a row. And I finally tapped it in and and I looked up and Chad's looking at me with just a really kind of a, a little bit of a grin, but also like a really questioning look. And he's just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> it's like, just me. You, it, it was said in a way that like did nothing but make me laugh and smile, even though I was kind of, you know, pretty, mad at the moment um it's like dude i don't know what that was and we just kind of started giggling i was like i don't i think that was a five putt you know like let's, let's have like a beer <laughs> don't forget about that yeah 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 it, it, in hindsight he might have been asking me what my score was on the whole yeah. potentially but <laughs> yeah exactly what about uh, Bend, Iowa? You know, it's been a while since you've been back. Uh, you know, although I know you've visited relatives and stuff, so you definitely haven't. Uh, you know, I think we talked about this. You haven't been to every course in the state, certainly. But uh, what are you know? What are some some of the ones that you know uh, as being you know your favorites and stuff that you've played in the you know growing up probably as as much as anything since you've been out of the state for so long. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, growing up just. You know, I played a combination of, I guess, the Webster City Lynx now. I used to be a Webster City Country Club um, and Briggs Woods. Um, you know, anybody who's been to Briggs Woods knows it's a great golf course, but, you know, you pack a lunch for the back nine. It's, it's very difficult. So it's a good place. Lots of trees. Lots of trees. Yeah, trees can get in your way, and they're getting bigger <laughs> every time I go. So, um, 
No, I, I enjoyed playing both those golf courses. Uh, the links is just kind of an old, old style nine hole course, but um, you know, so it's just kind of back and forth, little army golf and things like that. So it's uh, those are two that stand out. Uh, one, you know, kind of closer to my, my career path, I guess uh, I did take my take and pass. I should say, I should clarify that my playing ability test for the PGA was at the Ames golf and country club. So I have a, it's really the only time I've really played it, but uh, I think I played a practice round and then we played 36 holes that day. And um, so luckily I didn't have to go back. So <laughs> it's always good. It's always good. Yeah. Always good to get through on the first try. So, but yeah, there's so many that, you know, um, like I, I walked around for the, you know, Des Moines golf for the, uh, I guess it was a senior, senior open what, a couple of years yeah. back. Yeah. I came back. 99. Something like that anyway, but you know, I, so I, I've been there. I haven't really played much golf in the area, but I'm looking forward to, I have played Vinkner a few times just in college and things. So, you know, just uh, looking forward to kind of getting out to areas, uh, you know, through the, through our schedule that will allow me to kind of see different parts of, of, you know, of Iowa and all these great little golf courses that are, that are throughout our state. So. Well, Ben, I, I, I don't have any other questions. Chad, do you, you got anything else we wanted to, to pry out of Ben before we let, we let him go? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, just excited to, to have him on board. You know, he's got one week under his belt now. And uh, I think we've, there's, there's still a lot to do, but I think we got him oriented pretty well here, but, uh, but yeah, I'm sure Ben, you're going to, I know we talked about it. You're going to spend some time, you know, traveling around the state and visiting, you know, superintendents and golf pros and, and stuff like that. And then, once obviously the season gets rolling, you know, all of our, our players will, will get a chance to meet you. I'm sure we'll, we'll have to put you as a, we'll have to make sure you're like the starter of the first few events. That way you can get the yeah. chance to meet, meet the mo- most guys possible. Right. Absolutely. Starting and, starting and scoring. <laughs> exactly. So no, I definitely look forward to it. Like I said, the, um, you know, the transition so far has been pretty good, at least on my end. So I'm, just looking forward to, like you said, getting out and, and meeting the players and the pros and superintendents and just kind of, um, you know, developing those those friendships and relationships and hopefully running uh, running some great championships. So, All righty. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben, and, uh, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Hey, just a reminder, too, March 1st, entries open for RGA championships. Going to be going over to Iowa City to kick off the year, Iowa Mid-Amateur. So we look forward to seeing a lot of you over there. Get signed up March 1st. Circle that on the calendar. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Greenside, the IGA podcast.